The Vibrant Living Wellness Center podcast is brought to you in part by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial membership at audibletrial.com forward slash inbound. You'll find over 180,000 titles to choose from and to listen to through your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Support the Vibrant Living Wellness Center podcast by visiting audibletrial.com forward slash inbound. This is the Vibrant Living Wellness Center podcast with registered dietitian and functional nutritionist Heidi Hoffman. The services I received at Vibrant Living Wellness Center have been nothing short of excellent. Heidi is amazing. Vibrant Living Wellness Center helped me drop 23 pounds, and I'm most excited over the fact that I've been able to keep it off. Heidi has helped me tremendously with my allergies, and I love her Reiki treatments. I just love this show. It's full of great tips and tricks to keep me and my family healthy. Thanks again for joining us for another edition of the Vibrant Living Wellness Center podcast with Heidi Hoffman, the owner of Vibrant Living Wellness Center in beautiful Sierra Madre in Southern California. I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network and for a couple of years now, a very satisfied client of Vibrant Living Wellness Center. And before we dive into the podcast today, Heidi, I mentioned I'm a client and we just put the wraps on a new cleanse that I went through with Vibrant Living Wellness Center. Want to tell us a little about the cleanse that we just finished? Yeah. So that's called the 28-Day Detox. Yeah. And we do this seasonally, really three of the four seasons, because, you know, in California, we don't have four seasons. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Although we've been experiencing winter at the time of this Mm. recording as well. Lots of rain. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just wrapping up the first seasonal cleanse of the year. Mm And uh, just everyone's getting phenomenal results, and they really, really like it. I do. The 28 days was easy to do. The shake that we make tastes wonderful. And I've lost over seven pounds, almost eight pounds in, in 28 days, and I feel good, and I'm clean, and it literally ended today. So <laughs> so again, another successful cleanse with Vibrant Living Wellness Center. So thank you, Heidi, for that. You're welcome. And the purpose of this podcast is to provide you, our friends on the other side of the speakers, with easy to understand, valuable content that will guide you to living a long, illness-free, and vibrant life the way nature intended. And today's topic, Heidi, we're combining menopause and insulin resistance. Now, why both of them together? You know, Tim, you wouldn't believe the number of clients I see that are going through menopause and find themselves stuck with extra weight and a whole cluster of symptoms that are keeping them from feeling their best. And this is really, really frustrating. Um, a lot of the ladies who come in, they do this game where they, um, they gain three pounds, they lose the same three pounds, and they gain them back. So it's just this sort of same three pounds going up and down and up and down. And it can be very frustrating yeah. to be holding on to extra weight and not be able to drop it. So that's why I thought we could put these two together, and it would be a benefit to our listeners today, because I know that many of my clients want this information. And in fact, we talk about this a lot in our sessions together, so a podcast would just help anchor that information and help them really understand what's happening in their body. All right, wonderful. So now uh, I should know in a nutshell what menopause is, and I do kind of know what menopause is through. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, I'm getting older, and I, I, I get it. 
I know what it is to a degree, but but why don't we drill down a little bit more for those like myself that might not know all the ins and outs of menopause, if well, you would. Right, because uh, you're explain. never you're never going to experience no. it only secondhand with right, your wife, right? right? So, so, so that makes sense. You wouldn't know. So it. I really need to understand that because because I believe she she'd kill me if she's listening, but uh, but she's she's not quite to the age yet, but it's around the corner. Yeah, it is. It is. Sometime around 48 years old Mm -hmm. is when this process happens. Now it's give or take a couple of years. So some people start around 46, some people at 50. That just depends. There's a lot of heredity that goes into like when you start Mm -hmm. menopause. And then there's the people that are sort of outside of that box who go through really early menopause or really late menopause. But in general, let's say 48 years old is around the time that this happens. And what happens is, you know, essentially you run out of eggs, Mm -hmm. no more eggs to start a baby with. (laughs) And around that time, the body says, okay, I'm going to actually put these organs to rest. Um, These organs are now going to retire and they're not going to be working (laughs) in the capacity that they were when you were growing up. And you could imagine that many women would look forward to menopause. Well... I think I know the reason why, Mm -hmm. based upon what you just said, with no more eggs are being released. So go ahead and just (laughs) confirm. Because we no longer have our period. (laughs) And and perhaps husbands might enjoy that as well. Exactly. I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. I can imagine they would. Oh, the emails are going to come through (laughs) right now. (laughs) But believe it or not, so many women experience uncomfortable symptoms Mm. that we're really never supposed to experience. What do you mean you're not supposed to experience it? That's interesting. What Uh, do you mean by that? Yeah, I know. And I I didn't know this either until I started learning about this topic, you know, several years ago. Mm. But really... What I see in my practice is, you know, a lot of women with hot flashes, exhaustion, sleeplessness, body aches, and weight gain. There are more symptoms. If you Google it, you'll see a a bigger list, right? But those are the main ones that I see very frequently. Believe it or not, this is a byproduct of very tired adrenal glands. So because the ovaries are responsible for making the bulk of the female hormones known as estrogen and progesterone... When they retire, the organs that are now responsible are the adrenal glands. And they're exhausted. They're exhausted. Mm. Think about it. A woman who's 48, the characteristics that are going on, she probably has children that are, you know, school age or almost grown, right? Mm -hmm. Or close to being teenagers. Right Right there, that's enough to stress you out, They're already stressed out about the empty nest syndrome that's Mm -hmm. right around the corner as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're probably working in a Mm -hmm. very demanding job. If they're not, then they're a full-time parent, and that's very demanding, right? Right. And they probably have aging parents who then they're having to care for or give more attention to their health, right? So there's a whole cluster of things that happen as you age and you, you hit your 40s that create more stress. And it just coincides right there with menopause. So they're does. dealing with that too now. It does. So then if they enter menopause in a high state of stress or alarm, their adrenal glands are fatigued. Mm. And then now the adrenal glands are responsible for these new hormone balances. Can you imagine what would happen then? Bad moods. Uh <laughs> 
Yes. That's the first one that comes to my mind, so I better be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) When I was growing up, my best friend, she she her mother was older than my mother, Mm -hmm. and she went through menopause when we were teenagers. And she would literally get home, pull off all her clothes, and stand in front of a fan because she was sweating from top to bottom. Right? Yeah, it's the (laughs) hot flashes. And here we are looking at her like, what is happening? (laughs) We had no idea. And then she looks over her shoulder and said, "Oh, you wait. You wait. Yeah." just wait. Yeah. So that's sort of the common um, idea that people think about when they think about it is when we talked about doing this episode, I thought, okay, basically, Heidi, all I know about menopause is the period stops and they get hot flashes. Obviously, (laughs) that's just the uh, that's just the top of the iceberg there. Of course, more to it than that. Yeah. And then from time to time, I'll meet a client who is past menopause and says, oh, I didn't even have a symptom. Don't know why. Wow. Mm -hmm. Well, that's supposed to be the norm. But that's not the norm anymore. Now it's flipped. Is it, why is it supposed to be the norm? Our body was designed, their bodies, your bodies were designed to be that way. And then, but because of all of those components that you were talking about earlier, the stress of life itself, or perhaps poor eating habits, or all of those things together, is that why some women experience some very negative side effects of menopause? That's exactly why. Mm. So I'm here to say that if you're going through menopause, you don't have to suffer <laughs> you don't. We, you've, you've got their attention now. I've got their attention, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. So <laughs> before we move into insulin resistance with menopause, are there some tips you might have for women listening to help normalize their transition through menopause? Yeah. I would say, you know, as you hit your 40s, really start thinking about your stress level and really start thinking about what is going on in your life that's adding stress. We hear about that concept of stress, and uh, we pay a lot of lip service to it. We just sort of, yeah, stress, okay, can't do anything about it. Mm. But believe it or not, we can do a lot in terms of helping our body get through stress. And we have an entire episode on stress um, that the listeners can go and listen to if they want to learn more about, you know, techniques and things that you can do. Well, just remind them right now of a few that you you offer several modalities at Vibrant Living Wellness Center. So just go through a couple of them quickly. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would say two of the top two best ones that would help. The mm. first one is Reiki energy healing. I always smile when you say that. I know. You love that I one. I love the Reiki <laughs> session I had with you at Vibrant Living Wellness it's awesome. Center. It's amazing. Yes, it is. You leave completely... <sighs> and you can float through the rest of the day. It really does alleviate a lot of stress. And part of why it does is because it gets you into a parasympathetic state, mm. meaning your nervous system now can engage in that part of the nervous system that it needs to be in in order to relax, mm-hmm. heal, sleep, and repair. Yeah. And we are usually in a sympathetic go, go, go sort of fight or flight when we're going through our day. So when we give ourselves a chance to drop into that parasympathetic state, plus get a nice energy healing, it does wonders to decrease stress. Yeah, definitely works. Uh, And you have a lot of clients who keep coming back because of that. Oh, absolutely. They just love it. Yeah. So, So in addition to Reiki, what's the other modality you offer? 
acupuncture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one of the um, probably most studied modalities that we offer at our office because it really can decrease stress on the body while at the same time supporting the organs. So if a woman comes in and she's really hot flashing a lot, acupuncture can do a great deal of help in terms of decreasing those hot flashes and bring about balance to the adrenals, um, the nervous system, and just the overall organs. I can imagine that a woman listening to this episode who is experiencing hot flashes is looking for some more relief than just standing naked in front of a fan. Right? So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so perhaps you get go go experience some acupuncture at Vibrant Living Wellness Center, and then you can be relieved of what seems like a very miserable experience to me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. we haven't talked much about acupuncture yet, so maybe perhaps we'll dive into that in a different episode. That but, sounds like a great but, idea. But you have a wonderful acupuncturist at, at, at the Vibrant Living Wellness Center, so we'll talk about that at another time. All right. So stress. You're talking about stress. Is that one of the number one things that you could do to normalize that transition through menopause? What about one's diet? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. When you come to Vibrant Living, that's one of the things that we dive deeply into, right? So mm-hmm. um, when they come and see me, um, one of the things that I do is pinpoint any foods that are actually um, creating more stress on those organs. But most people, when I'm testing them, sugar is a big problem. Yeah. Because think about it. If you're tired, what are you going to go to? Either a, a coffee or a coffee with a bunch of sugar in it. Exactly. <laughs> or a double whammy and espresso shot to Exactly. To boot. Yeah. Yeah. And you might grab a pastry because yeah. why not? You yeah. know, you got caffeine and extra sugar. Sure. So sugar is a big deal. It will actually weaken the adrenal glands a little bit more along with coffee. Coffee will also weaken the adrenal glands if you overdo it. Wow. Because, you know, my caveat is two glasses before 9 a.m. And that's no it. problem. Organic yeah. coffee, nice, good coffee mm-hmm. before 9 a.m. After that, you might run into some problems. Exactly. So what you do is when people come in to, to see which foods might be putting stress on various organs, that's the nutritional response test. Is that correct? Exactly. Yeah. All right. So and when you can go back to another episode, learn more about that fascinating modality as well, too. Mm-hmm. And something of which I'll probably be experiencing soon as I finish this cleanse that we talked about at the top of the episode is be reintroducing foods to see which ones don't actually work well with my body anymore now that I'm clean. Exactly. All right. right. So reverting back to menopause though. So stress and your nutrition, any other tips to help guide them through or should we slide into how menopause uh, correlates with insulin resistance? There's a lot of mind body practices people can do on their own. For example, yoga. It gets you moving, moves all of your energy, all of your muscles, warms you up. It's great exercise, and it helps decrease stress and meditation. Mm. That's such a big one because when you meditate, you regulate your breathing in such a way that it helps calm the nervous system, which then brings the cortisol down, which then calms the adrenal glands. So really sitting for five minutes and doing some nice breath work Mm. can really go a long way to decrease stress. Wonderful holistic approaches to navigating through menopause without having to go take uh, some medicine or hormone replacement therapy, I suppose. And it doesn't cost you anything to sit Mm. there and breathe. Right? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Just a little bit of time. Yes. Uh, And that's worth it. And and, uh, there are many apps you can download, of course. Uh, One is Insight Timer. We interviewed 
the uh, CEO of Insight Timer mm. on one of our other podcasts, the Sound Mind and Body Podcast, and it's a wonderful app, and it's free, and it's amazing. So, oh, that's so, a great so idea. So we recommend that one as well, too. Oh, good. All right, so we're talking about menopause and its relation with insulin resistance. All right, so what's the connection between the two there, honey? Because that's what I was like, wow, when I think of insulin resistance, I think of diabetes. Right. So, but tell me how it, how it correlates with menopause. This actually has to do with our endocrine system. You see, our endocrine system is made up of several organs, and one of them is the ovaries. It's essentially the system in our body that makes and regulates hormones. Mm -hmm. So what makes up the endocrine system? Mm -hmm. The female or the male organs, okay? Then you have the adrenal glands, the pancreas, the thyroid, and the pituitary. So all hormone-related organs. Exactly. Endocrine for hormones. Yeah. Yeah. And so... How does that relate to insulin resistance, you ask? That's the big question. <laughs> That's where we were starting. <laughs> the pancreas. The pancreas, as we talked about in another, remember the islands of Langrasser? Yes. <laughs> you thought it was a vacation spot? I did. Like, what is that? I've never been there before. Yeah. <laughs> the islands of Langrasser, which... Yes. And which, re remind our audience what that is, of course. They reside, <laughs> these islands, they reside in our pancreas. <laughs> And they are responsible for making insulin. <laughs> Not a vacation destination no. by any means, yes. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yes, so our pancreas is in charge of making that insulin, and that insulin is a hormone, yeah. and it plays a big part in your day-to-day -day life. And so the control central is something called the hypothalamus pituitary axis, or HPA axis, and that resides in the brain. That runs the whole endocrine show. All right, so now let's throw in the insulin resistance. So what does that have to do with menopause specifically? Okay, so remember you said earlier that when you think of insulin, you think of diabetes? Yeah. Yeah, rightly so. Because diabetes is driven by the lack of insulin or the inability of it to get glucose into the cells, right? We have to get that glucose into the cells for us to have energy every day. Mm -hmm. So insulin resistance occurs when the pancreas releases insulin, but your body doesn't utilize it properly. So can you imagine this hormone floating around and it can't seem to finish its job? Sometimes it's a matter of the cells being too big or having too much fat around them and the insulin can't get in. So that's when you think of, you know, you go to the doctor and they say, oh, you know, um, you're a little bit overweight or you're obese and that puts you at risk for diabetes or insulin resistance. That's, mm. the, that's that case. Gotcha. Sometimes it's a matter of eating too many carbohydrates because believe it or not, um, when you eat a really high carbohydrate meal, you... Do you remember back before the before detox? The cleanse, yeah. <laughs> before the cleanse? Let me think back 28, 28 days. 28 days, you remember. <laughs> it's a little foggy. <laughs> I was foggy back then. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that brain fog going on. Do you remember when you would have, you know, a high carbohydrate meal? Yes. And afterwards, sometimes you can get a little bit drowsy, a little bit tired, feel sluggish. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Especially after a big bowl of pasta or something, you just kind of want to chill and 
take a nap and watch Netflix. And, yeah, and in that order. <laughs> uh-huh. And you're thinking, oh, where'd all my energy go? All I yeah. did was eat. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes mm. that is a that's a cue that the body just now got a huge dose of carbohydrates. And if you're a little bit insulin resistant, it's not working as fast as maybe the regular person would. Mm. Right? Someone else could eat that high carbohydrate meal and have lots of energy. So that is a little bit of a symptom of how carbohydrates can affect insulin resistance. And do the carbohydrates have anything to do with excessive hunger or severe cravings for sugar? Oh, yeah. Excessive hunger and cravings for sugar happens as your body signals you to get that sugar in because it's not being properly utilized by the insulin in the cells. So it's these cells going, I'm starving, I'm starving, give me more. It sounds like a vicious cycle. It is a vicious cycle. You got that. So this cycle works a little bit like this. Insulin is working well to get the sugar into the cells. Because of the high carbohydrate meal, and then it hangs around in the bloodstream for about six to eight hours. Mm. In the meantime, it stops the body's fat burning ability, right? So if you can't burn fat, how are you going to use your stores? You're not going to. Then if you feel tired, you might go for more carbs, in which case the sugar quickly rises in the blood sugar. Your insulin kicks in to help store these sugar molecules, leaving your blood sugar low, and now you feel tired and like you need more sugar. (laughs) Again, a vicious cycle that's hard to spin out of for sure. A constant cycle Mm. of storing and then eating more for energy. Storing and eating more for energy. So I'll give you a client example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, I had this lady who's um, about, let's see, about menopause age. Yeah, (laughs) about 48, 49. Mm -hmm. And um, she has children. She's very busy. She's holding on to some extra weight. When she came in, she said, you know, this is really crazy. You can tell by looking at me that I I have plenty of stored energy, right? I have this fat here, Mm -hmm. but I'm hungry. I'm ravenously hungry. Yeah. And so you would think, why are you ravenously hungry? If you have so much stuff in your storage shed, right? Mm -hmm. Why are you hungry? You have enough. You have enough if you get hungry to pull from. So her body was in fat storing mode, putting away all the calories and all the energy for a rainy day, but Mm. it wasn't doing the reverse. It wasn't saying, okay, great, let's take these out and use them. Yeah. So it was only going in one direction. Filling up the storage units and making our pants a little bit tighter uh-huh. or a lot tighter in yeah. some cases. Yeah. And so how is she going to lose weight if she's always so hungry? Oh my. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that explains it. So that's why people keep eating and feeling tired, but hungry. It's just, again, another cycle. It's another cycle mm-hmm. and it's real. I'm here to say it's real. I've had lots of clients come in with this. Um, one of the functions of insulin is that it prevents fat cells from being broken down. It's the storage hormone, right? It just takes it and puts it away. Mm. So you can imagine what happens if you have excess insulin circulating in your body. You become a fat storer. You just don't pull it out. And so when women are in this stage and they're in menopause having all those not so fun Mm -hmm. symptoms and they're doing the lose three, gain three, lose three, gain three with their body Mm. and they're really frustrated, it's because of the insulin resistance that's going on. So what else does insulin resistance cause then? Excess insulin can cause a whole host of issues besides insulin resistance and fat storage. Think of inflammation, Hmm. metabolic syndrome. That's a big one that you hear about. Increased female and male hormones, 
So, um, you know, Tim, you and I were talking a different day about estrogen dominance, mm. right? And sort of what that leads to. It leads to all sorts of a host of health problems, including breast cancer, infertility, decreased liver toxicity, increased oxidative stress. That means you're aging faster mm. than your age. Oh my gosh. Right? Right? You're 50, <laughs> but you really feel 60. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have this client who came to me in his late 40s and he said that every morning when he woke up, he felt about 70. Yeah. That is oxidative stress. That is when your body is breaking down and degenerating faster than it can repair. Oh my gosh. I got to tell you, between uh, weight loss regimes that I've been on off and on throughout the years until I met you. That's how I would feel. I get out of bed. I'm in my forties and I'm like, I should not be groaning every time I get out of bed or walk to the bathroom or go get a cup of coffee. And, uh, since meeting you, that's just not been the case. That's awesome. <laughs> it is because you've, you've pointed me in the right direction. So, uh, and, and we're talking about men and women here, but circling back to women now. So you're talking about all of these these awful things that can happen as a result of insulin resistance. But again, how can you connect it to menopause? <laughs> I'm still trying to connect those dots <laughs> because when we, when I looked at this topic, I'm like, okay, menopause and insulin resistance. I trust Heidi to find the connection and here we are. So where the rubber meets the road. You find yourself scratching your, kin your chin going, <laughs> yes. huh? I don't see the connection. I don't see it. <laughs> well, we find that insulin resistance is the primary cause of weight gain in menopause. Mm, okay. Yeah. So like I was saying earlier, I have many of those clients who are doing that game of three pounds lost, three pounds gained, and it's really frustrating. And then, um, you know, what's interesting is that a lot of these people who come to me post-menopause, like mm -hmm. menopause is all said and done and they're good, they're not having any more symptoms, they would say, you know, I gained this weight during menopause that I couldn't lose, and as soon as I was done with menopause, off it came. Wow, without any lifestyle changes. Yeah, it How just came that? off. Can you imagine it's, that? That's because of the, the hormones, right? The hormones. Yeah. That is exactly why. Wow. So if you've got menopause on top of, um, you know, this insulin resistance where the insulin is just putting away the, the energy into the cells, mm -hmm. then the weight is going to stick and you're going to feel really frustrated and really like nothing's going to move from your body. And that's not a good feeling. We want to empower people to be able to change what's going on and to be able to keep their weight at a nice level. So going back to what you mentioned towards the top of the episode about adrenal glands, how does this all connect with that? Well, remember what I said about them having to pick up the slack for the ovaries mm, right. during menopause? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, while the insulin is spiking in the body, the other hormones are working to increase blood sugar. So epinephrine, mm -hmm. norepinephrine, they're secreted by the adrenal glands when the blood sugar is low. Mm-hmm acting to take energy out of storage in the liver for immediate use. This is why we get a surge of energy when we're in fight or flight, right? We All of a sudden, we almost get hit by a car and the fight Boom. or... Yeah, yeah, and you can feel the rush of adrenaline. But it's taking it from the liver, not the fat cells. It's very immediate energy, whereas the fat takes a lot more energy to burn, right? Mm. So we're taking it from the quick energy. So imagine if you're always in a state of fight or flight, you're running around, you're busy, you have 20 things to do in a day when all you could really fit in is 10. So you're just, you're just working off of this, you know, epinephrine mm -hmm. and the stress hormones. Where is your body going to take that energy from? 
from your liver. Right. Yeah. So not the fat stores. Mm. So we're not burning fat, and we're not even getting the fat burning benefit. We're not. I know. <laughs> oh, I've had people. It. I've had people say to me, "But I'm so busy, aren't I burning fat?" Nope. <laughs> nope. You're not. taxing your liver. You're taxing actually. your liver, your adrenals, <laughs> and you're not at all in fat burning mode. <laughs> it just won't. It's a mechanism, a survival mechanism. Mm, it's a lose lose situation yeah. in, in that case. So going back to. Um, you know, the things that we talked about to relax, you know, that breathing mm. that doesn't cost you anything. Right. That's really going to help bring down those hormones that are putting you in fight or flight. Wow. So, and it's very simple to do. You can do it while you're driving. Just keep your eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Otherwise, good point. Don't meditate while you're driving. <laughs> you can do some breathing exercise. Now, our adrenals also secrete cortisol and growth hormones. Mm. Lots of people have heard about cortisol now. Uh, you'd be surprised yeah. how many people are educated about that when they come through my door. So I don't have to educate as much about cortisol anymore. But together, they stimulate glucose production from our stored fat. Okay, So if we're always in a state of constant stress combined with high-carbohydrate diet, we'll have a roller coaster of hormones that will keep storing and burning the same energy, hence mm. those three pounds on, three pounds off. Right. So how do we fix the cycle? We have to regulate the hormones, specifically mm -hmm. those fat-storing hormones and fat-burning hormones, so that a person isn't starving all day and craving carbs, making them want to eat. I find that as women age, they do better. In general, on a moderate to high protein diet, because as we age, our hydrochloric acid production decreases, preventing us from being able to break down protein. Um, so higher protein is usually indicated. We also don't need all the processed carbohydrates that we could tolerate more when we were younger. Tim, do you remember those years when you can just eat? Oh, you had a bottomless pit that you miss could eat. Them. Yeah. I miss those years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're just, gone. <laughs> they're gone. You can't do that anymore. Right. Yeah. You just can't. You could tolerate all those processed carbs because your oxidation rate was higher because you were younger and you were burning through energy more. That's just not the case anymore. So a clean, limited, processed food diet is indicated at this time in life. And it will do everybody a whole world of good to do that because you're going to be absorbing your nutrients more. And I would also recommend looking at the carbohydrates you're eating. Try to limit the simple carbs and increase the complex carbs, you know, so that's the you know, sweet potato versus sweet potato fries, you know? All right, give us um, some more examples of that difference uh, between uh, simple and complex carbs. Well, complex carbs are the ones that have fiber in them and they're more in their um, their whole food state. So that would be any of your root vegetables or starchy vegetables. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be your grains or your pseudo grains. But... The processed ones are really good examples. What you just said, Doritos, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Doritos versus a nice whole grain that you've cooked, and now you're going to pair with some vegetables and a nice protein. All right. So what else? Uh, how do you pinpoint this problem? I have a lot of tools available to me that I really love. This is like a passion for me, helping yeah. women with menopause. So I really love working with uh, women who are suffering from this because they don't need to be going through this, you know? Yeah, you said it's it's our bodies are designed or women's bodies are designed to not have all those symptoms, exactly. not experience those negative symptoms of right. menopause. Right, right. 
So the first thing that I do is my nutrition response testing, NRT, mm -hmm. and I pinpoint which organs are weak and which organs are the root cause of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then I figure out how to support their body to resolve the hormonal issues, but really to resolve the symptoms and bring about balance. And so if there's a food playing a part in this, like I mentioned earlier, sugar is a big one. Mm -hmm. Then I give them communication on that and we work to get them off of sugar. The more space you give yourself um, with staying away from sugar, the easier it is to just say no and, and not even buy it or eat it or consume it or anything. Well, it, it, it has gotten to the point where it doesn't even, I don't feel good after I have it. Right. Like I feel like, you know, when you have too much caffeine, your, your, the back of your neck is kind of tired or you have a little bit of a headache. That's what sugar does to me now. Yeah. Maybe because I've avoided it for so long. Yeah. So, so it doesn't make me feel good. Tastes good, but uh, that's where it stops. It's highly inflammatory. So yeah. that's what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. The inflammation sort of kicking up right away. Right. Mm -hmm. Awful. And also we have a holistic health coach, nutrition coach at our office who helps people work through the barriers that they face in letting go of sugar or gluten or fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. She's really wonderful at helping people be able to transcend that. So that's an area where we provide a lot of support and she can give alternate food choices that will be just as satisfying. Like for example, dates yeah. or honey or in a touch of honey, not a ton of honey, right? Mm -hmm. But enough to give you that, you know, that flavoring and that sweetness. Yeah, all without... you need is a touch of honey. Otherwise, it's, it's too much. It's too sweet, right? Huh. And is there a particular type of honey, like raw honey, perhaps? Yeah, raw honey. You mm -hmm. got it. Okay. Yeah. So that's sort of the the first step would be NRT, and then go to the the holistic nutritionist. Mm. Um, but like I said earlier, in decreasing stress, the acupuncture is fantastic, and particularly to help with the hot flashes and the metabolism, mm. because we have an infrared heat lamp that when put on the, you know, the abdomen and the different areas of the body help improve metabolism, you know, wow. the fat burning, right? So I you, think I have one of you, those sessions coming you, up, you don't do. I? You do. You got a heat lamp session in your detox. All right. I can't wait to do that. I know. That's great. Heat my belly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then, of course, Reiki. Yeah. And that's Back really to Reiki wonderful. again. Yeah. Uh, well, Heidi, this has been incredibly informative uh, for both men and women, uh, I believe, from a nutritional side and from for men to help, uh, if you're married, to help your wife through this. I mean, because it's going to be a challenging time unless you follow these steps and go see Heidi at Vibrant Living Wellness Center. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be amazed how many men, once they, once they start talking with me about you know, their wife's issues with menopause mm -hmm. will then say, my wife needs to come see you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So guys, if you're listening, uh, very easy to get in touch with Heidi. Just visit her website at vibrantlivingwc.com, or you can even call her directly at 626 Four seven zero seven seven one one. Of course, we'll have all of that information in the show notes. Heidi, always great to see you. Thank you for a wonderful episode today. Thank you, Tim. Thank you for listening to the Vibrant Living Wellness Center podcast with registered dietitian and functional nutritionist Heidi Hoffman. For more information regarding the services offered by Vibrant Living Wellness Center, please visit vibrantlivingwc.com. On the website, you'll find more information regarding all the services offered by Heidi and her team, along with links to Heidi's very popular blog, Snack Chats, and details about free monthly workshops designed to keep you on your journey to a long, illness-free and vibrant life. Set up an appointment today by calling 626-470-7711. 
please subscribe to the podcast from whichever podcast platform you might be listening from to ensure that every time we release a new episode, you'll find it waiting for you. Thanks again for listening to the Vibrant Living Wellness Center podcast. By listening to the Vibrant Living Wellness Center podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the Vibrant Living Wellness Center podcast. Under no circumstances shall the inbound podcasting network, Vibrant Living Wellness Center, Heidi Hoffman, Tim Edwards, or any guests or contributors to this podcast, including employees, associates, or affiliates of the inbound podcasting network or Vibrant Living Wellness Center, be responsible for damages arising from use of the Vibrant Living Wellness Center podcast.